before we serve this service. He filled me with purpose. Take your time while you worship him. I'm unplugged from the matrix. Believe without seeing, I'm plugged into the matrix. The daily perspective. Welcome to the show that gives it to you with no fluff, the real Christianity and all the good stuff. Welcome to The Daily Perspective and I'm your host, Mr. Daily. And uh, today I have a good friend of mine, Miss, uh, how do you want me to introduce you? You, you know what, you, you introduce yourself because you've got, the thing is you've got your podcast. This is a, there's a lot of good stuff that you've been saying. I've been, yeah. I've been I've been catching little bits. So, you know, I want people to know about your podcast. I'm not one of them people that's going to be like, no, you only listen to my podcast. I want people to listen. I want straight out the gate. Tell the people about your podcast. Tell the people who you are. And then, you know, let them them get to know you. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Hi, guys. My name's Selena Paris. I am the host and founder of Fearlessly Free. Um... And um, underneath Fearlessly Free, Fearlessly Free is a, um, I guess, is a, it's a ministry, it's a brand that promotes fearless freedom in every sense of the word. And it was birthed out of church trauma and childhood abuse. Um, And as I guess one of the branches of the Fearlessly Free um, brand is the Fearlessly Free podcast. And what that kind of speaks about, and the first series was very much about church abuse, spiritual abuse, and I covered so many different, um, you know, I guess the behaviours and traits of um, of spiritual abuse within the church. And I, I'm also kind of honed in on the black church, being that that was my main um, experience. Um, and I spoke about everything from, you know, domination, manipulation, um, you know, I spoke about, um, you know, the abuse of the scriptures um, as a way to kind of manipulate us as people of God. And I really kind of unpacked the whole um, concept and the truth, really, that it's, it's religion that causes us to um not have a true reflection of who God is. And when you step into a religious environment, you will often find that it's devoid of the true spirit of God. And so what happens is, is that those people who are governed by religiosity, they're governed by pride and self-gratification, and, you know, they want to manipulate and control people, They, you, you find that you then lose yourself as a result of that because of the fact that you know there's these heresies and lies that are taught under the spirit of religion and what they think or deem to be true when in actual fact you often often times you will find if you read your bible yourself it's actually very far from the truth of who god is and so yeah i could go on but yeah that's what my podcast is about and it's unpacking you know the second series that i'll be working on is life after trauma and how to actually rebuild your life and become reacquainted with your authentic self who god created you to be predestined you to be before you encountered all that trauma all that pain and became a shadow of yourself so yeah that's who i am guys and awesome. thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. Uh, you were speaking and you I was I was grinning from ear to ear because yeah. it was just it just it just rings true for me. Everything that you're saying 
is what I've been trying to educate people on for so long. Mm. And um, obviously we've got the two podcasts, we've got a daily perspective, we've got Imperfectly Human. And on Imperfectly Human, myself and my co-host, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Terrence Johnson, we talk about Christianity outside of the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. What does that really look like? And, um, you know, we, we challenge people. Stop putting your past on a pedestal, trying to make your pastor out to be God. Come on. Stop, you know, stop worshipping all these little things. How do you become who God created you to be? How do you identify your purpose? How does, um, how do you fight temptation or how do you overcome temptation? It, whatever topics that matter to the, or things that block you from being who you were created to be. That's what we like to talk about. Yeah. Um, so when you were saying all these things about the, the, the first one that hit me was when you said, you know, religion, a lot of people do not get the difference between faith and religion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So many people are wrapped up in religion. They go to church every Sunday. They, mm-hmm. um, and also they, they read their Bible religiously. Yeah. This is because you can read your Bible, but you're not really reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. They read their Bible religiously. They might even pray the little prayers that they were taught as a child and continue to pray them all, all to yeah. their adulthood. But That's right. those are the marks of religion because there is no growth. You know, the Bible says that when you were, you started off as a child, you ate what children ate, but as you grow, you move on. So That's right. if you were never weaned off these baby scriptures and baby prayers, and you're still praying them in your 60s, 70s or whatever, then you were trapped in religion, my friend. Because That's right. Where's you, the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where is the growth? Where is the advancement? Yeah. And so many people are just like, oh, you don't, you know, that's, that's not me. You don't know what you're talking about. The fact is religion, religion is, um, cause the Bible never, do you know the funny thing? It just hit me. Mm. I can't. And someone, you know, someone correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, yeah, but yeah. I have never come across the word religion in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So we put, we come up with religion. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, because when you look at like what Jesus speaks about, like, you know, true worshippers are those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm. And the reason why him and the Sadducees and the Pharisees were so there was so much contention between them because they represented everything that that Jesus isn't, that God isn't. They represented religion. They represented you know, the restrictions and the, the the imprisonment that religion represents, that religion is very constricting. You know, when you think about like a boa constrictor, like the actual snake itself, like the way in which that it works to, you know, to completely stifle you and contain you. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's what religion does. Yeah. And Jesus said, I, you know, I died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. He then Preach goes on it. to say, he who the son sets free is free indeed. Yeah. You know, so when he's healing people and they're like, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and religious leaders are like, you know, but it's the Sabbath. Why are you, why are you healing people on the Sabbath, bro? And he's like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. That is who God is. God's not yeah. confined by a day or like a day of the week 
or, you know, a certain religious, um, uh, you know, a religious tradition, tradition that people observe. He's all about relationship with the people. Right. You know? Right. So I'm going to correct myself because let me... The, the word religion, and I think people, so people don't take me out of context here, but the word religion is in the Bible. It does talk about. I think about, it's in James. I it think talks, it's in James, like where yeah. it talks about true religion is um, serving like the widows and the orphans. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that where it is? Let's, well, let's confirm. Um, so there's a mention of it in Acts. Okay. There's a mention of it in uh in james if you yeah. claim to be religious but don't control your tongue you're fooling yourself mm. and your religion is worthless um so what what i'm talking about is that i don't ever believe jesus referred to us following him as religion mm. i think we constructed religion religion is is a social con- construct it's it is yes. we we are the ones that say we're going to bottle it up this way and this is the way that it's going to it's going to operate and we will form a doctrine or a whatever around this and then people follow that religiously yep and there you have it you have a religion a practice Correct. that people follow but the the, the fact is we God, the Bible says that God made us in his own image, mm. meaning that the same way that we interact as individuals is the same way. We got that personality trait, that that we got that characteristic yeah. of interacting with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from our maker, That's meaning yeah. God wants to enter into relationship with us. Mm. It's it's not that God is trying to, God does, it's, it's not this supreme deity that just sits down and barks orders at you. He wants communion and relationship. That's why he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah. And the Bible says he communed with them. So That's it. God wants that communion with us. He wants that communication and relationship with us. Religion absorbs, absolves us of all responsibility in relationship correct it, it yeah. basically says that here are some instructions and some orders and if you just do that and if you follow the instructions on the tin you'll be fine but that's why the bible yeah. says that there's so many people that you that are calling out lord 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 and on that day he will turn around and say i never depart from me because i never knew you yeah, yeah. he never knew them in relationship yep and that's the bit that churches, people, people don't understand. A church is, and I'm going to get, I'll probably get shot for this, but it's fine. <laughs> a church, as we know it today, is a business. Yeah. Let's keep it 100% funky. It is a business. It has a business model. There is a business model to the, to tithing or, and, yeah and church finance so ch- the the business the business model for church planting means that you have to um your let's call it your your steady income your secure income your fixed income mm-hmm. is based on the number of tithers that you have Tithes, yeah so 
the first thing you want to do is attract a tithing membership to your mm-hmm. church because that allows you to determine what your fixed income is. Yeah. Now, determ- depending on where you plant your church, you may need a small volume of tithers to have a steady income and sustain yeah. your church, or you may need a large volume if you target a more uh, socially deprived area where incomes are lower. You mm-hmm. will need a larger audience to hit your to break even. Simple yeah. mathematics. That is how churches work. Don't people shouldn't get it fooled and get it twisted that oh they just planted a church they just they just planted a church there because they wanted to because that's where they were told to plant it. No, there are me- there are mechanics behind these whole things. And then when yeah. once the church is established, it's about well if we're going to have um, choir members, full time staff a big building. Hey, well, we've got to, we've got to pay the bills on the, on this building. Then we might need some church vehicles and we're going to wait a minute. That break even point is getting higher and higher. And someone has to manage how we continue to hit that. So there has to be some level of recruitment, AKA evangelism to bring Mm -hmm. people into the church. It's not when they are evangelizing to you, people, when we were younger, I never questioned it. I never questioned it. I was, yeah. out, I was out there marketing for my church. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to my church. Well, actually, no, go to whatever church you want to go mm. to wherever you want. The important thing is your relationship with God, not where you yeah. go. It's not about my church is better than that church or whatever, anything like that. That's how it should really be. Yeah. But that's, that's, not, it. that's how it's never like that. Yeah. We've got churches, bad mouth, you know, oh, don't go to that church that they're, they're, they are this way inclined or don't go over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Why? If you if we're all one body, why, you know, that's like me saying, don't use your right hand because your left hand's better than it. Yeah. Don't make no sense. So yeah. I started to see these things and I started to see how um, people in churches operated. And the, 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 the one that got me straight away when I was young, this is when, this is when the wall, when the wolf came off my eyes, it was like, when I got my ears pierced, I went to church and they went, they went mad. Wow. They went mad. Oh, oh, a man shouldn't have his ear pierced, blah, 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 blah. It's in the Bible. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, bro, the prodigal, the prodigal son, when he, and all of them people there, all nobility, wore earrings yep. and and rings yep. on their hands and, and, I, and they're like oh yeah the bible says do not adorn yourself with jewelry and i was like but but read the prodigal son what did the father do when the son came home he went and got the finest jewelry yep. and the finest yep. linen yep. and all of this stuff so i was like where is your argument i was like what you're saying is cultural you were saying that because nigerian culture dictates that men should not do this and men should not do that yep. and i was like yeah and my mum got mad at me for this because I said to her, listen, all of you people here, yeah, if you wanted me to behave a certain way, you should have left me in Nigeria. Yeah. Simple. When you brought me here, you allowed me to take on whatever influences I wanted to. That's right. Guess what? I became who I am and I'm not going to change and I'm not going to apologize for who I am. 
the thing with me is I've always said to people, I live my life as an open book. You, what you see is what you get. You get my true authentic self. Um, well, you, nowadays you get even more of my true authentic yeah, self. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you get what you get. And I never really, I battled with that because I struggled with people pleasing mm. for a long time. Now, I don't care what, I don't care how you feel about me. Yeah. I don't care about, because I realized that I'm a product of grace. I realized that yeah, there is on. nothing, nothing I can ever do to earn my salvation or to, or apart from blaspheming the Holy Spirit, nothing I can do that will cost me my salvation. That's what right. It, That's what right. it means is that I will end up in, I may get there battered and bruised because I choose to learn things the hard way. But the fact mm-hmm. is the Bible says that the more we, in the more of God's grace that we experience, the, the smaller our desire to sin. Mm. So let me bask in his grace. Mm. And the only way that I can do that is by, guess what? Renewing my mind. How do I renew my mind? By studying the scripture, staying close to him, staying connected. People are not willing to spend the time in the Bible and actually learn anything about the character of God. Yes, you're going to. And and then you get the people that get upset and want to run off and, and throw their toys out the pram when they read something they don't like in the Bible. The fact is the Bible mm-hmm, contains, mm-hmm. it contains cultural references as well about and historical accounts of things that happened in the times. So the way yes. that certain things went down, it's not that God allowed people to do madness to each other. That's just what people did at that time. It's the same way now yeah. that we've got young men stabbing up each other and doing Basically, all sorts of madness. Yeah. Exactly. Bad stuff happens. It's just because it's the Bible didn't mean that bad stuff didn't happen. It happened. Precisely. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to let you talk because I've been doing a whole heap of talking. (laughs) (laughs) But so my first question to you really is, how did the whole story go down in terms of you realizing that you were in an environment that was traumatic? Um, wow. <laughs> I know we're getting loaded, straight into it. <laughs> them loaded questions there, David. Right. Okay. So do you really want the truth, Ralph? <laughs> no, do you know what? We keep, keep it, keep it we're 100. It 100, you know, yeah. like that. Okay, cool. So, um, okay. So I think that you know, when you earlier, you touched on being like a people pleaser and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that being that I got saved very young, um, well, in terms of, you know, being a young adult, I was 20 when I got baptized a few months shy of my 21st birthday. And obviously I work in social care now, I work with young people. And so young people, their cutoff age in, in my sector is 24. Right. So when you look at, someone who is 20 years old they are very they are actually quite young-minded yeah they're you know there's a, a you know their maturation hasn't you know hasn't um fully um progressed and fully developed yeah right. and so when I look at you know I guess my understanding of what church meant to me at the age of 20 I can see that it was very naive because obviously my experience 
of church was from Sunday school where they, you know, they taught yeah. you the Sunday school songs. They taught you the scripture of the week, you know, and then they gave you the drink and biscuits afterwards. And then they sent you up in the van. Do you know what I mean? To go <laughs> yeah. home. Do you understand? So when yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. to church now, six years after I left Sunday school, I've still got that point of reference in my mind. Right. So my understanding is that everyone in church is nice. Everyone in church is trustworthy because we're all on this journey together, though our paths are different and our journeys may look different. But we have a common goal that we want to be more like Jesus and we want to have a relationship with him. Yeah. So that was my naive understanding when I look back it was the naivety so when I experienced things maybe about a year and a half or so into my my walk with God after accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior and becoming you know getting baptized and so on and so forth and I experienced things like you know the pastor um sharing things that I confided with her oh, with gosh. other church members or you know when they tried to deliver me from an evil spirit and they had me in their front garden and they poured the whole bottle of oil over my head and passers-by are walking past and and it's embarrassing and I can feel all the negative emotions which are very right they're very you know they're very real my emotions are real but because the naivety is there I'm thinking okay this is this is surely this must be okay because these are church people and these are the pastors and the leaders that you know who are authorizing this or they may they themselves are actually conducting this deliverance or whatever the case may be they're the ones that are you know talking out my business with the um other church members and so on and so forth and so you know as much as it kind of hurt me I found that you know and anyone that knows me knows that Selena doesn't take no BS like I don't <laughs> I'm not like, I don't come to me you're no not the one <laughs> yeah because I'll shut you down and done your dance yeah. but what it was was that you know I still had that and I responded in that way but I think because I responded with this you know, it was deemed as aggression when really and truly I'm angry about how you treated me. Yeah. They would then say, oh, that's the spirit of anger and you need to go and take that to the Lord. So then it would cause a conflict in my spirit. And obviously you've got to remember the naivety is the driving force. Yeah. It's very much at the forefront. And so for me, what happened was because the naivety is very much at the forefront and this conflict has gone on on the inside because some, my, my, my heart and my mind is saying, Selena, you are being ill-treated here. But my heart, the other part of my heart is like, no, but you need Jesus. And, you know, you're too young in the Lord to kind of navigate your own journey by yourself in terms of trying to find out who he is in terms of teaching and and you know when I got saved back then YouTube weren't as progressed as it was so it's not like I could have stayed at home with the church of YouTube and Mm. listened to a good sermon and so on and so forth so for me I made the decision to stay in those environments at you know at the sake you know at the cost of myself really yeah and so it got worse and I think you know when you give license to people to treat you a certain way 
they feel that they it's okay. It was, yeah, as irrespective of whether they're Christians or not, they, you know, if you've given them license to ill treat you, they will continue in that manner. And so, you know, I moved from that church because it got very toxic. Um, and then, you know, um, toxic in that, that kind of controlling, divisive behavior, um, just did not stop and even though you tried to challenge it because I would challenge it um they just weren't having it so then I moved on to the next church and that's when I experienced control like yeah I experienced some real control and I remember one of my friends it was her baptism and we had some kind of church event that day which you know it clashed with her baptism but I've been praying for my brethren to be saved all these years and now she's baptized I've told my pastor like I need to be excused today like I've done the honorable thing followed the correct channels man's telling me oh no like you can't go I'm like what like so that was my first experience of control and i'm like but i've got freedom of choice if the government is telling me that you know i've got freedom yeah. of speech i'm free human rights who are you my brother to come tell me regardless of whether you're pastor <laughs> or not this is my brethren yeah. you understand so i that that was i experienced that and then unfortunately you know you know he had you know he had a, a indiscretion which ended up in him in the church kind of like being divided and later on being shut down and the way in which that he responded to that indiscretion i was the head of the sunday school and youth department and he told his kids not to come to um the sunday school and so on and so forth and just the way in which that he kind of responded to it and i could see like okay so these are i'm surrounded by people who say that they love the lord they're preaching these amazing sermons they're casting out de demons inverted commas and you know they're lifting up holy hands and worshiping god and so on and so forth but your character is dirty you know like that sanchez and players style you know like mm. that your character is dirty so then by the time i moved to my very very last church um before yeah before all this yeah before my I guess my my revolutionary fearlessly free journey took place it was a church whereby the pastor was very controlling to the point where they he would use the word accountability and um you know we have to be accountable to one another mainly the mainly the leadership and tell them what's going on in their lives and you know if you're going to a bar you know you got to tell them if you're meeting up for some with someone for coffee you got to tell them wow. you know you know all of that you know if i'm going out on a date with someone i've got to tell you these times i'm a big woman like yeah. out here, you're <laughs> my bills you're paying my phone bill like you ain't paying nothing furthermore yeah, yeah you lot ain't working. You're in quote unquote full time ministry. I'm paying your bills, my brother. You know, like yeah. that. How about that? What made it even worse was that we were in the, the ch our church service was in their house. So you don't know we're paying your mortgage, rude boy. Yeah. You know, like that. Like you know, so it was all of that. It was the you know I I you know it was the whole thing. I personally didn't do it, but it was the whole thing of you've got to sow into their lives quote unquote you got to sow financially into their lives you know you see mm. you know and we were, we were a young church so it was kids on student loans and part-time salary and so which part which money into whose life please like wow. you know and 
And then what made it worse was that, you know, one of the things that really got me and I think it really opened my eyes was when the pastor used Hebrews 12, chapter one, which says, lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. And he used that in front of everyone in a prayer meeting to tell me to lose weight. No. I swear down, bro. I swear down. And at that point, that's when I said, you know what? I'm actually done out here. And I think by that time, I'd got into like my late 20s. I was approaching 30. And you know what it's like, bro. When you're reaching those ages there, you start to come into your own. Yeah. And it's almost, yeah. It's almost as though that naivety that I had, I think what happened, I abandoned that because then I started to, after having all these experiences, you see people for who they are, whether they claim <laughs> to be Christians or not. So when you're coming yeah. to me about laying aside every single weight, me who teaches Bible studies, me who's the leader of the prayer team, me, and that doesn't, not, not to say that that means anything, Mm. but because I had those responsibilities David I made I made it my duty to get close with God to know Holy Spirit what are you saying in your scriptures what did you mean when you inspired Mm. you know Paul to write this letter you know what when you inspired the writer of Hebrews to write you understand so when I'm teaching the word I'm not diluting it with what I think but straight from what the Holy Spirit is saying you understand so for me it's like you're coming to me with a scripture that, and you're telling me to lose weight. And at that point, and I think because of the, how controlling, it was very much like a Pied Piper ex, um, environment. So anything that the pastor did, because Everyone we were followed. surrounded by young, young, young people, yeah. you know, they followed him. So afterwards, so they would tell me, oh, you know, minister, because I was ordained in the church. Minister Selena, you know you shouldn't be eating that chicken wing. No. Oh, Minister Selena, you, you look like you've put on weight. Like, this is how they're talking to And I'm like, you know that I'm a full-time student, working part-time, and I'm a full-time minister. Sometimes I ain't got time to be driving all the way home to make it back in time for Bible study or prayer meeting. So if you see me with a little Morley's, let me live. You know, like that. It was so deep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Imagine I've got like 22 and 23 year olds talking to me, big, big woman. Oh, Minister Selena, you know, you shouldn't be eating that. I'm like, what? So by that point, I've had enough now, innit? And, you know, I challenged it. And I knew that I was in a toxic environment when the pastor's wife turned around. And, you know, because after about a year of, you know, my church members saying, uh, you know, commenting on my weight gain or what I'm eating. And, and also there was other things as well where I was, you know, kind of I had it's like almost as though I had to beg for a sabbatical. Like, you're not you know, I'm human. I'm not Jesus. So mm. I need a break. Do you understand? Yeah. I've got a lot going on, a lot of responsibilities. And you, don't, you you're not allowing me to 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 be to go and have yeah. like a little bit of respite. And so when I challenge that, the pastor's wife is shouting at me saying, well, if my if that's how the Lord has instructed my husband to tell you to lose weight, then who are we to question him? And no. yeah, so for me, and that was just, I've just basically tried to condense my 12 year experience, David. But wow. by that point, that's when I thought to myself, yeah, do you know what, Selena? 
this is not conducive for your spiritual growth. No. And in actual fact, it impacted me in so I remember one time and I'll just before you know I'll shut up but when the pastor's wife she was a counsellor registered counsellor and she um gave me counselling and just to kind of give a bit of context like I went to her to say look do you know what I'm kind of frustrated um you know I'm getting older I'm not married yet you know all the youngsters around me are getting married and so on and so forth I'm out here diligently doing the Lord's work I've been ordained I've said yes to the call so on and so forth like what about me Lord kind of thing and you know um she turned around and in her opening in the opening lines of the first very first counseling session she said oh, you know I think you've got manic depression or bipolar and I was like excuse me and you know like obviously because I trusted this woman in my head as a social care professional I'm like you have no grounds as a therapeutic professional to diagnose anyone so you've just basically breached um you know your co your code of ethics and your protocol as a as a therapeutic practitioner but when you're sitting in and you're the receiving end of that David the way that that penetrated my heart and my mind, I actually left the session having a panic attack because I was like, what the hell was going on? Yeah. And so when, when I'm physiologically responding in these, in these kind of ways to this level of ill treatment, trauma, control, and so on and so forth, that's when I said, you know what, this is not for me. And I had to, you know, I, I stepped back. And then, you know, and then, you know, it just so happened that, you know, unfortunately, the pastor, he was sexually, um, I don't want to use the word, he sexually took advantage of the males in the church. Um, and um, the church, we then, as a leadership team, we ended up having to shut down the church. Um, and so for me, it was very traumatic because here are people who are trying to put me down, trying to control me. And all I'm trying to do is live a life that is trying to be as, 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 you know, be the best version of me in Christ. And you're out here doing the most. Yeah. Robbing people of money, you know, telling them to pay tithes to you directly, which is not even biblical. You're sexually, you right. know, taking advantage of young men in the church. So you're hiding your sexuality under the guise of your marriage to this, you know, the, 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 the first lady of the church, like, it was just such a mess. And I think the betrayal, and for me, because it was my third bad church, I had to look at myself and say, Selena, do you know what? What is it about you that causes you to run to these kind of churches? And, you know, and that's what kind of started my healing process, really. Mm. You know, so, yeah. Wow. Wow. Wow, Selena. <laughs> I can't, do you know what? I so I feel for you for what you have experienced. Mm. I feel for you because no one, no one should have experienced any any of that. Exactly, should never have experienced any of that. Then people that were dead wrong. Yep, dead wrong. Um, and as you said, what does the Bible said? By their fruits you shall know them. Mm -hmm. And their fruits came to light. Yeah. Their fruits came to light. So we know that what they were saying and how they were moving 
was was not the one. There is still yeah. people, and I'm not even going to mention our names, but there's still people in our circles I know that are moving mad in 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 terms of the, the places that they 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 choose to worship. Yep, yep. Not going to say no more than that, but by their fruits, yep. you shall know them. I've I've had the experience when <laughs> we went to a, we went to a, a, a service at one of these at, at a particular church and the pastor was um, was wiling out on on the congregation because they didn't phone them when they were ill and and just just wiling out and I'm like and I'm like what am I witnessing here. Yeah, that is your pride that is speaking there. Yeah, because you've put yourself on a pedestal and you believe you are deserving of something. Yeah. But if we are truly to be living, if we truly understand grace, we will understand that we're supposed to show grace. And if if we understood grace, we will realize that our model is a savior that did not get what he deserved. Mm-hmm. He took what he took what other people deserved yep. willingly and died. Meaning he wasn't there getting mad, saying, "You know who I am? I'm the Son of God." Who yeah. do you think you're talking? He didn't move like that. He was like, "Fine, I'll take it." He didn't. Fr- he didn't throw hands when people were whipping yep. him and rip tearing the flesh on his back and all of that. I'm not saying to be a doormat, but yeah. I'm saying when you are serving, when you are walking in your purpose, when you are walking in what you're called to do, you learn that. Especially if you understand grace, that you take yourself out of it because the work is yeah. not, is not about you. It's about God. And there are going to be people that don't like you. They don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand the calling that's on your life. They're going to be mm-hmm. certain way towards you. But you know that the, the Bible says that if they treated, Jesus said, if they treated me this way, how much more, you know, how, how do you think they're going to treat you? Mm. So if you are, looking and expecting everyone to revere you and love you you've got the you're in the wrong you're in the wrong ministry my friend yeah you've got it twisted and the thing is a lot of these pastors that we see today and again this is not me bagging on pastors because i'm sure there are good pastors out there unfortunately i haven't had the best experience no 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 no, no, i've met some really good pastors that's that's not fair i've met some good pastors the people in ministry the people in church just show their true colors. And I have, yeah. and, and in all fairness, I do extend grace to them in the sense that I hold no grudges against these people. Mm. But I don't need to be in that environment. I don't yep. need to be in an environment where you're only interested in me when I'm turning up to do what you need me to do. Come on. But when stuff yep. is going on in my life, there's no phone call to see how I'm doing. When you haven't seen me for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, no one is turning up at my door when I live less than three minutes away from the church. No one is turning up to knock on my door to see, you see my car is there because you walk past my house when you're going home or whatever. No one's knocking on my door to check how I am, to check how my family is. 
That is when I know that you are not operating from love. And the Bible tells me that God is love, that everything that we do, if we truly want to be reflective of the God that we love and the God that we follow, we should do everything from a place of love. If we can't even understand that basic commandment, that the basic foundation of our faith to love others, if we can't even do that, then I'm sorry. I don't need to be any parts of your your church or congregation or how you're moving. My whole life is predicated on love. Yeah. I know that I will give love and I will not, and I may not receive it back. That's fine. I chose to walk this life. I chose to serve. I chose to fulfill the purpose that God gave me. Therefore, I know that no matter what, I have to love people irrespective of how they're going to, how they, whether they're going to reciprocate or not. That's cool. I'm, I'm here for that. But when we are all saying that we've chosen to walk the same life and you can't understand that basic principle and your life is all about take, 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 take till there's mm-hmm. nothing left of me. I'm sorry. I'm not involved. And yeah, that, I've got a problem with that. That's the same. That's that was my experience that mm. it just felt. And, and it's funny because I was like, OK, let me try some white churches, man. Let me see how the white people yeah. then move. And it was the same. It was the same. And that is when I realized, and that's when I started to do my research into church plan in um, the structures of church, the organizational structures of Mm. churches, how churches are run. And then I love the fact that someone made green leaf because then I was like, all you people there, you just got exposed because all the stuff that I was telling people for years suddenly they're seeing it in a show and they go, oh yeah, but it's a show. And I was going, you think the people that made this show didn't do their research? It's real life. That is how churches move. That is how people operate. You think, you think, let me, let me put it this way. If a man is truly out here doing what, saying that they are trying to live. And and again, I'm not telling people to live in poverty or to live in, to live any kind of way. But if you are saying that you are trying to further the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom of God, and you are modeling yourself after Christ, I beg you tell me why you have private jets, Bentleys, Rolls Royces, etc., And there is a family in your church that cannot feed themselves. Right. Tell me how that is, how that is okay. You have a family of five, yet you live in a 20,000 square foot mansion. You've got a car for every day of the week. Yeah. But there are people that can't clothe their children. Yep. There are people that can't pay their bills. Yet you're telling those people to tithe and to pay offerings. And because that is how God is going to get them out of their poverty. You are a liar and you're doing the work of the enemy because that is not the truth. That is not biblical. That is not biblical. People have taken, take this whole prosperity gospel that people have formed and all these things that people do. It is manipulation. And the Bible tells me that manipulation is witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. So all this stuff that you people are moving and you're standing up here and you're claiming to cast out demons and you're claiming to do all of that. I'm sorry, because I don't know by what spirit you are casting them out because the the, yep. the life and the character that you are demonstrating does not match up mm. with the works that you're telling me that you're doing. The, the, the character is not that of God. You are yeah, clearly... Yeah 
worshiping you you your money is your god yep your fancy lifestyle is your god i'm not again people don't get me twisted i'm not saying that having money is wrong some people can some people are serving god faithfully and yes they are being blessed yeah but yeah. when i'm getting if you're getting up on here and all you're talking to me about is prosperity and prosperity to me is wider than money. It's your health. Yeah. Come on. It's, it's yeah. your mental stability. It is um, just your well-being and it is your growth spiritually, everything. Your your financial, your fi- the financial aspect is such a small part of it. Correct. Yeah, but I agree. I agree. God, God tells us why store up money and um, fill up your storehouses, not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So God already clearly tells us that stop focusing on all this money, 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 money. But we as a church, all we do is promote money, money, money. God is yeah. going to bless yeah. you. God is good. Why? Because it is the the system that has been created. The the church is built on a capitalist structure. Mm-hmm. The whole world mm-hmm. is built on this capitalist structure. Yeah. The church yeah. is not exempt exempt from that, and the church knows that capitalism works by exploiting the people at the bottom of the of yeah the bottom of the pile the people that have the least aspire to having what the people that have the most yeah and therefore they they are the easiest to exploit they are the easiest to continue to milk because they will pour whatever they have to try and get more yeah so church to me demonstrates something that the world is doing the church system seems to be built on what the world system is doing yeah yeah i decided to push reset and i pushed for me pushing reset was my focus is on the scripture my focus Mm. is on the church in my house yeah yeah my focus is on teaching my children the word of god Mm. from an honest perspective and making sure that money is not something that they worship yeah that's right it comes it goes what is money? Money is here to allow us to help others and to do other yeah. things. I said, I, I'm honest. And, and the thing is, people may not like the way that I approach life. It's cool. But I tell my children, honestly, your dad has made mistakes. Mm-hmm. We've, had, we've had a fancy life. And, <clears throat> and I still make a lot of money. But that, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. But, you know, by most accounts, the more the more money you make, the more expenses you have. Come on. Yeah. The more money you make, the more of it goes out the door. When I'm when I was here spending two grand a month on cars. Yeah. And I'm like two grand a month going out of the door on cars. Mm -hmm. And some some people don't even earn that. Yeah. I'm like. How have I truly, this is, this is, and let me put that into context before. So 2008, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2008, I was probably on maybe uh, just shy of 30 something grand a year. Yeah. So I could, I, we were, it's not like we were, we were starving. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I'm making over six figures. Yeah. So, so there is overflow. 
That is how yeah. I, yeah. there is. And God fulfilled his word of he will pour into you, pour that mm. shaking together and, and pouring over. Yeah, yeah. There is overflow. But one thing that I'd always said to myself was that the overflow that God gives is not, should not be for myself, mm-hmm. but it should be for us to help those who can't help themselves. Yeah, that's it. That's How it. do we sow into um, and help other people? And why I said that I was a victim of the whole capitalist mentality and thing. When mm. that overflow came, my my I got in my feelings and thought I made it. I'm living good. Yeah. We're we're gonna be ooh, let's buy a new car, let's do this, let's move house, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. my the overflow that was here. Yeah. Suddenly no more because I I I bought a bigger cup. Yep, yep. And I was like, well, God, you're just gonna have to top it up and fill it up again. And God mm-hmm. would. But the thing is, why should God pour more out when I was irresponsible with what he gave yeah. me in the first place? It's about being a faithful steward, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we are taught, how are we teaching, how are we teaching people in, in the church that Oh, just take take your request to God. Yeah, that is what the scripture says. Make your, yeah. your request known to God through prayer and supplication. Asking it should be given unto you. Knocking the door should be open. That is yeah. true. But you're missing the context in accordance to his will. His will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his will for you? Guess what? Not everyone in the church is destined to be a millionaire. Millionaire, Not not everyone in this world, in in the church, is destined to to live in overflow. Yeah. It's probably going to be a very small proportion because I am a perfect example of what happens when God gives certain people overflow Mm. and they don't know how to manage it. Yep. And now I have to go through a wilderness period like the, like the, like the children of Israel did to unlearn what I'd allowed the system to, to put into me. Yeah, so to teach you, yeah. Oppor- yeah, so that God has an opportunity to use me again. Mm. I thank God that God is a God of second chances because yeah. Amen. At, the, at the end of the day, I'm willing to walk through my wilderness and learn the lessons so that I don't end up like Moses and miss the promised land. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be Joshua and enter the promised land. I want to be someone that goes ahead and does what God put into me. And that's yeah, where the podcast yeah. came into it. That is where the yeah. daily perspective network is coming into it. Because for me, at the end of the day, I'm willing to sacrifice the success and all the things that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. For the things of God. Yeah. That's it. But, but that's not what we're taught. Yeah. If we if you were to go to church and tell people what you're doing and say hey, I'm doing this, I'm 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 letting go of a successful career to to start yeah. a podcast yeah. where I'm not making any money or anything like that. Um, I don't know how all the bills are going to get paid until this thing starts making some money or whatever. Then look at you and like you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that can't be God's purpose for you. That can't be God's will for you. But yeah, what happened to faith as a mustard seed? Yeah, what happened to hundred percent. What happened to Hebrews eleven? It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point where I'm trying to live by faith to believe that by me following the purpose that God has put into me, He He will take everything. His word says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything shall be added unto you." Added unto us, yeah. Why? Why? Why are all those scriptures suddenly irrelevant when I'm letting go of 
something that was yes financially good for me but emotionally um how do i put it for my family it was bad for me emotionally yeah. it was bad for my mental health it was bad yeah. i'm talking the life that i've lived has left me in a state of suffering from panic attacks mm. and anxiety i don't want to live in that space anymore yeah. you know i i've I work enough to pay the bills now. No yeah. more. No more. If we, hey, there's some months where I'm looking, I'm looking around and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a tight month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because it means that actually God is, I'm giving God the opportunity to work on me and to resolve the, um, the mental trauma. Mm. And what is now health-wise, I mean, I st- physically, I'm still probably peak, well, I'm, I'm not in peak fitness, but I'm in good, good fitness-wise. Yeah, uh, yeah. But when, some, when certain things happen, when, cert- when I get certain phone calls, when I get certain letters, yeah. my heart, Selena, it yeah. feels like yeah. my heart is going to drop out of my chest. I can't breathe. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I just yeah, feel like someone is choking me. So I'm like, yeah. I can't live this life anymore. Yeah, yeah. I need to give everything back to God and find my freedom. And this mm. is what this is what this period has been about. This is why I created similar to you. It was what led me to say, yeah. no more. I'm not going to sit silently. I'm going to create yeah. a platform that talks about Christianity. Christianity, honestly, you know, I am a. I, Hey, anyone that follows me on Instagram will know that I am a very random person that is very true about who I am. Yeah, One yeah. time you will see me post, I will post up the scripture of the day and in the same breath, I will post up something ratchet. Literally yeah. two minutes later. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. Take, take me as I am. Love it or leave it. That's, yeah. what, that's th- this is the person that God loves. God loves the yeah, honesty that on. is in me. This is it. The Bible know? says that he desires truth in the inward parts. Like yeah. Psalms 51, 6, it says that. That's what God wants. He desires us to be truthful. Like nothing hidden before him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So how, so how are you, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling nowadays in terms of, you know, where you're at? Um, spiritually, do you feel you've recovered? Do you feel you're still on the journey? Yeah, so um, I think for me, I think I'm definitely on the journey of healing still. I think that, you know, when especially when you've gone through experiences where you've been wounded by people, sometimes that process of healing and in terms of forgiveness and extending forgiveness to those people that have hurt you that that is the sometimes that can be a grueling process Mm. because you know the enemy likes to remind you like it's almost as though sometimes I kind of feel like the enemy he used to try and goad me with like you know flashbacks of the bad experiences and the ill treatment that I'd been um, that I'd experienced and stuff but then also as well I think that I think the healing process for me definitely 
I've come a long way, but I think definitely in terms of, you know, accepting that 12 years of my life had in some ways been lost because I lost a huge chunk of my who I am in those environments. And I think reconciling with that truth is a bit of a hard pill to swallow right because it's a case of i less i i lost the majority of my 20s in that in 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 that season as it yeah. were you know me and my bridgens we we laugh about it and say you know arslina yeah like 12 years a slave do you know what i mean and that's and you know as oxymoronic as it sounds like you know how can someone be a slave in a in a in an environment that is supposed to be so saturated with God, you know, that people claim is the house of God when really it's not. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I'm definitely on, I think in terms of healing, it's day by day. I think in terms of being reacquainted with who I am, 100% fully, I'm unapologetically me yeah. now. No one can't tell me nothing. And it's not in a rebellious way. It's not in a, you know, I'm trying to, you know, you know, sometimes I think at first I was like, bun the black church, you know, and I think like, you know, <laughs> like I was very much like, yeah, like I'm just gunning for these black pastors and rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. but now it's a case of, I know what God's, what, who God is. Therefore I know what truth is. Yeah. Because I've reconciled, I've reaffiliated myself with God through relationship. Yeah. And I made a decision. I think who I am today is because I made a decision and had a conversation with God and said, look, do you know what, Lord, I need to unlearn everything that was not of you in those environments. Yeah. And you know, when they say that process, take the meat from the bones and I, I just feel like I just gave God the meat and the bones. And I said, Lord, like, I don't want any of it. I just need you. Yeah. And I think in doing that, it's made me who I am now. So when you're talking about like the grace of God, like that resonates with me so much because you know what it's like being in a black church. They're very condemning. They're very judgmental. Yeah. They're very, you know, you you just feel judged all the time. And I think under rec like getting to know a god that isn't judgmental like that like yeah he's a he is the just judge the bible does say he's the just judge and you know on the day of judgment he's going to judge us for how we've lived on the earth and so on and so forth but god is not a condemning god no. like you know he's a god that is graceful like the bible says where sin abounds grace abounds much more which lets us know that if i mess up today god is not going to you know sentence me right. to you know 2500 days in hell like do you know what i mean <laughs> like he's you understand yeah like, he's gonna extend his grace to me because he recognizes and he knows his child is human and i'm gonna make mistakes yeah. do you know what i'm saying and so i think interestingly enough i found that um i think that process of getting to know the loving side of god um very i found that challenging because I found that being in, in those kind of environments, especially for 12 years, you kind of take on um, this mindset and this internal dialogue that, you know, of judgment. Yeah. And so you, 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 you judge yourself, you know, and you become this, 
you know, in, in, in therapy, they call it the critical parent. So you become like this critical parent to your own self and you, you self-criticize, you self-judge, you put yourself down, you self-condemn. And so there's no room for God's grace. And so you, you automatic, so a byproduct of that is that you automatically reject God's grace. So, you know, when that still small voice of God is saying, Selena, it's okay. Like I'm here, you've made a mistake. I'm not registered. That's not registering to me as God. And so that process in and of itself was so challenging for me because I'm like, raw God, like you still love me. Like, like you're still there. Like we're cool. Like, so that was really challenging. And I think in, now that I've, you know, become acquainted with that, with that loving side of God, it's also changed the way, um, changed my relationships. And so the way that I extend grace to people, I'm not judgy like how I used to be, because, you know, it's more, you model the behavior, you know, of your environment, you know? Um, And so I'm not judgy, you know, let people live, let people, you know, let people live, let them, you know, they're going to carve out their own journeys themselves. Like, you know, and all you can do is be an example of Christ and extend love and give them, you know, godly advice. And, and sometimes they don't even want advice. They just need a listening ear, no one to tell them nothing, you know? And so I've really learned that through reacquainting myself with the father. Um, So yeah, I love where I'm at. And I think for the first time, ever in my life like you know particularly for the past couple of years I've actually said like I love the woman that I'm becoming like I love who I am whereas before I think with all that you know I was tainted with condemnation and judgment so all to like I think by nature you you develop a a self-hatred or a a definitely if if it's not a hatred it's a dislike for yourself you know and I can definitely say I'm free of that. I can so you know, relate so, yeah. to that. I can so relate to that. I think it's only in the last few years that I've come to love the man that I am. Mm. And really connected with who I am. Yeah, um, yeah. I've, you know, I, I've, I've, I've had some conversations that may have upset some people, um, mm. you know, I remember calling my parents and telling them that I felt like the black sheep of the family. That didn't go yeah, down too well. On. Yeah. Um, and how I felt that sometimes they made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, and, you know, my, we had, we had an open conversation about it. We had an open conversation about it. Yeah. It didn't go down too well when I said it, but we had an open conversation about it. Um, yeah. I've remember for the last, over the last X number of years, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've cried. Woken up in the night yeah. crying, um, just trying, just the pain. It was just like, you know, once you mm. once you open those, once you stop barricading your emotions in, yeah. and you let them out, and let and truly become vulnerable. I found myself crying over crazy things that I would have thought were crazy. Mm. I can watch something and see something and see how someone is being treated. And I I start crying. And I'm like, I don't care if other men see that and think that, oh, what's wrong with this guy? What what a wuss. No, I hurt because I now see things the way that God wants me to see them. 
Mm. I'm truly connecting with who God created me to be. That empathetic, sympathetic person that mm. I was created to be is now free. He doesn't have to hide. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. He doesn't have to hide and present this image of manliness. Yeah. The thing is, all the stuff that I used to, the way I used to try and be and, you know, try and be one of the lads and all of that stuff, that was never me. Mm. That was never me. I was most comfortable around women and girls. I didn't spend, yeah. my, I didn't really like spending time around guys because I found their behavior idiotic and just that, how do I pre like that? caveman behavior that's not me i'm yeah. not i'm not into dick measuring competitions that's yeah, not my, yeah, that's yeah. that's not the way i like to live my life that's never yeah. been me never will be me so having to put on this false sense of bravado or this false bravado yeah. and and be macho in all these ways just it caused so much personal trauma mm-hmm. i wasn't really who i was supposed to be mm-hmm. i was afraid of letting people see who I really was. Um, when I got married was the, when the point where I started to, you know, let some of that out. And even, even yeah. with my wife, it took her a long time to get the real me because I was afraid to show her the real me because I didn't want her to think, oh, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Why is he always doting over me? Why is he just always there? Why is he? Why does he want to be around me twenty four seven? I didn't want her to think that I was this needy, clingy guy. Wow! But look at that. Yeah. The reality of it was, she needed to see who I really was, and she she embraced who I was. And in that point, we at that point we started to have true, honest relationship. And I'd say it was probably just before. It was around 20, 2005 all of this started. To, she she was the one that first got me to start saying no to people. She was the one that yeah. helped me to deal yeah. with the people Good. pleasing. Then she was the one that finally got me to open up and stop just I was like I was emotionally dead, Selena. I wouldn't Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. cry. I wouldn't cry about anything. It didn't matter what was going on. My face yeah. was straight. So she had to she had to be the one to push all of that to get to you know to open the gates to to get that and all that emotion. So over the last you know she's helped me just embrace who I am. Mm. And then once she got me to a certain point, I just ran with it. I just ran yeah, with it, and I and then I said, you know what, God, I want to be everything you created me to be. That mm. accepting every single part of me. That means not being afraid to be loving and caring and all of those things that people might think is, what do they call them now? I, I don't even know the term simps or whatever. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I, you, you can, you, you can say that, that that's why I, I don't care for me. I don't, yeah. No man out there or no, no one else out there can define how I feel about myself. Mm. I'm the one that has that definition and that definition of who That's I am right. has come from God. That has taken yeah. me a long time to acknowledge and to, to connect with. And the whole thing about extending grace, I hear you on that as well, because yeah. boy, if I would, 
there are certain people in this world that I've wanted to cuss out. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, thank God for grace. Because if it weren't for grace, I would be cussing you out. Very true. But at the end of the day, I look at I, I, I look at this thing and I say, well, why do we take offense to things? We take offense because our pride is upset. And why why do we get why does our pride get hurt? Our pride gets hurt because we have an expectation on people on mm. how they should treat us. So yep, yep. we have a way that we view ourselves and we project that view onto others and say, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is how you should treat me. But the thing is, grace says that you take people for however they choose to, to yep, treat that's you, and you and you love them irrespective. So I had to, the first thing was like, right, I have to take all my expectations that I have on these people and put them in the bin. And have no expectations yeah. of people and take people at service at face value. Now mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was painful because that's what got us, me and you, that's what got us hurt in the church. Yeah. Because yeah, we took yeah. people at face value. So there was that healing process that where God says, right, you now that you're you're feeling better, I need you to go back to where how I created you of taking people at face value because yeah. you can't operate in grace if you don't know how to take people at face value. Yeah, so true. So, do you know what? I'm not going to drag this because I could keep talking to you for hours. We're going to have to do this again. Thank you, bro. I'm going to have to do this again. I'm going to wrap this up because I, I, I haven't. I'm I'm trying to keep my podcast a bit more condensed because people. Well, you know me. I will talk. I will talk. So, um, I'm exactly the same. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on and um, and talking about this because there aren't many people that will openly talk about their church trauma. And, and again, you're not talking about it from a place of saying bun Christianity, bun, bun churches, bun yeah. all of that. You are giving your personal account. You were giving your truth about how you have found freedom mm-hmm. and being able to reconcile your faith and enter into a deeper relationship with God. And I think that is the sort of account that we really need people to hear because yep. church trauma doesn't have to be the end of your relationship with God. Exactly, 100%. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, whilst we understand it, whilst I definitely understand it, like, you know, um, I think that uh, that's where a lot of people go wrong. They they throw the baby out with the bathwater and um, you know, so they discard God completely, you know, and as far as they're concerned, they put God in the same box as religion and church hurt and church trauma. When in actual fact, you know, one thing that, you know, God's God said to me, like he, he said something that really, you know, kind of, I, I think it kind of, that's what I think really initiated my healing process was he said, Selena, it was, you know, it was man that hurt you, not me. Right. And I was like, I was like, ah, God. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think when that, I allowed that to sink in, because you know, sometimes you can actually be resistant. God doesn't force Mm -hmm. his word on you. Right. 
So I think when I allowed that word to penetrate, that's when I was like, you know what? All right, cool. Let's let's do this. Let's do this thing, God. Like, what are you telling me then? Do you know what I mean? And I think if a lot of people were more open to God, um, then a lot more people would actually stay in relationship with him. Yeah. Whether that means that they go to church ever again, because I'm not even about that life where, you know, you have to be in church to be a Christian. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't. I don't believe in that. I don't agree with that narrative. Yeah. I do believe that you need. You know, Hebrews ten talks about not abandon abandoning the assembly of the saints. Saints can church believe like God believing Bible believing um, people can come together in in each other's house. Yeah. Or over, in the park, over Zoom, however, or over Zoom, like whatever. whatever. You understand that that's you effectively not, um, d- you know, not abandoning the assembly of the saints to ensure that you are, you know, there is that level of encouragement and edification, so that mm-hmm. you, you know, you're still praying for one another and encouraging one another in the faith. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think when people completely discard it, what's and 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 discard you know, true people of God and, and, and discard God altogether, that's when I'm like, that's when you're stepping into dangerous territory. Yeah. You know? So, Ooh. yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm, I don't, we're going to have to plan another one because I want to. This is been juicy. Yeah, it has. And I also, also don't, don't think I ain't seen you out here with a uh, uh, sense by Paris. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't think I ain't seen you. So we, we're, we're going to talk about side hustles and all yeah, of these things as well, yeah. because we're in a, we're in a Let's new world. Me. We're in a new world. Um, my thing is go after what everything that you were created to be um if that means throwing away what your parents told you to do career-wise to to become to follow your passion then do it yeah be responsible with it but do it yeah 100 bro I've, i've spent 20 years in the it industry and now i'm looking to start again in in where where I should have been right at the beginning in media and um, in a creative industry. Hey, yeah. At the end of the day, is the only thing that can stop me doing it is my own fear. Yeah, come on. And God has given me uh, what, what? Help me with the scriptures. Um, he hasn't given me a spirit of, of fear, fear, but peace and a sound mind. Yeah, power, but, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. So, um, That's I have to, you know, I have to just overcome that fear and go yeah. and go for it. So I definitely want to have a conversation about side hustles. I'll see yeah, what you're doing. Big Apart up, big up yourself with your side hustles. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna let you go. I really appreciate you. Um, I've, it's I think been a I've, pleasure, man. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank you like so I much. Like I I think I've messaged you a few times and I've just said I'm proud of everything I've seen you do. Um, I'm proud of how public you've been with your experience Um, yeah it it resolutes with me I I wish so so many more people would be like you Um, I appreciate you I love you I want you to I want the best for you you know so just keep doing what you're doing thank you you too man you too all right 
And oh, we're gonna, and we'll, we'll have a proper conversation offline too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh. you so much for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's been mine. Thank so uh, we will speak again soon. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. So that was uh, Selena Paris of Fearlessly Free Podcast. Um, like I said, Selena is awesome. She has been putting in work for such a long time and... Um, you know, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you can find Selena in my con- in my uh, contacts list on on Instagram. Follow her, uh, check out her podcast link link to her podcast on there, and support man, support support these people who are out here doing a good thing. So. I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode. I want to, um, I normally do this at the beginning of the episode, but I just want to shout out everyone that's listening to us on Transistor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, SoundCloud, TuneIn, wherever you were listening. I appreciate it. Uh, keep supporting us. As um, as I said, I tweeted it as well. To, uh, was it today or yesterday? Um, the daily perspective is in the top 25 pod christian men's podcast we are at number 13 i believe uh, we're trying to move up the ranks so keep pushing keep supporting us keep downloading appreciate all the love um and yeah i just want to just big you all up take care of yourselves take care of each other and i'll catch you on next week's episode peace